Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. Reflection from the Heart is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a family ministry of Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join us as we break open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for this Sunday's Mass, as we invite the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers to inspire us today. And now, here is your host with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Cameron Norris. Welcome, Cameron. Thank you so much. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 17 through 37. But before we break open the bread of life and see how the Lord wants to speak to us today, we're going to invite the Holy Spirit in, that we have the eyes to see, the ears to hear, and then the heart to put the words of the Lord into action in this world, to be lights that lead to the Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Come, Holy Spirit, into our hearts, and enkindle in our hearts the fire of your love. Set forth your Spirit in us that we may be truly able to see what we're to see, to hear what we're to hear, and then to put that into action, to be signposts in the world that point to you, Lord Jesus, to be lights in the world that lead people out of darkness and out of addiction. So, Father, through the grace and the gift of your Holy Spirit that we invite into this meeting, we ask you to please... Allow us to see what we're to see, hear what we're to hear, and be vessels, instruments in your hands that you can use to take your words of life into this world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. In the, name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. And amen. Cameron, do you mind giving us a little gospel love? I would love to. So we have a good reading today. We're in the book of Matthew, chapter 5, and we have verses 17 through 37. Jesus said to his disciples, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have come not to abolish, but to fulfill. Amen, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not the smallest letter or the smallest part of a letter will pass from the law until all things have taken place. Therefore, whoever breaks one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever obeys and teaches these commandments will be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. I tell you, unless your righteousness surpasses that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to your ancestors, you shall not kill, and whoever kills will be liable to judgment. But I say to you, whoever is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. And whoever says to his brother, Rakah, will be answerable to the Sanhedrin, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to fiery Gehenna. Therefore, if you bring your gifts to the altar, and there recall that your brother has anything against you, leave your gifts there at the altar, go first and be reconciled with your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Settle with your opponent quickly while on the way to court. Otherwise, your opponent will hand you over to the judge, and the judge will hand you over to the guard, and you will be thrown into prison. Amen, I say to you, you will not be released until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. 
But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one of your members than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one member than to have your whole body thrown into Gehenna. It was also said, whoever divorces his wife must give her a bill of divorce. But I say to you, whoever divorces his wife, unless the marriage is unlawful, causes her to commit adultery, and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. And you have heard that it was said to your ancestors, do not take a false oath, but make good to the Lord all that you vow. But I say to you, do not swear at all, not by heaven, for it is God's throne, not by earth, for it is his footstool, not by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great King David. Do not swear by your hand, for you cannot make a single hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes, and your no mean no. Anything more is from the evil one. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow, this is a jam-packed one. Yeah. You know, when you started out, Jesus said to his disciples, we need to stop right there and realize Jesus is speaking now, today, to you and I. Amen. When he speaks to his disciples then, the word's alive and pierces our heart and doesn't come back void to the Lord. So he's speaking to us and he's saying, you know, I didn't come to abolish the law or the prophets. And when I heard that, I thought about Moses and Elijah. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? Yes. They were both there, both illuminated along with the Lord's incredible illumination that, you know, Moses representing the law, Elijah representing the prophets, Jesus there again on the Mount of Transfiguration, as he's saying again here is, Jesus came to fulfill the law, fulfill all what the prophets spoke throughout the Old Testament. The Old Testament, what's hidden in that is fully revealed in the New Testament in, through, and with Jesus Christ. So for me, some people I've heard say, you know, well, you know, Christ, when he came, there is no more law. No, 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 no that's no, not no. truth. You know, no dot, no tittle of it should be um, expunged or gotten rid of. The law now is a response to the invitation of the bridegroom, Jesus Christ, into that divine intimacy as his chosen bride. Yes, male and female, he created them, his chosen bride. So we now, with the heart, respond to the invitation and grow in holiness, grow in perfection as the Lord through his grace, purges from us anything that's not of him and perfects in us anything that is through the fire of his love. Mm. Ooh. Mm. I'm going to pick up right where you started at. Jesus said to his disciples, yes, he's still talking to us today. The next, the next part of it says, do not think. I think that's important. He's addressing their thoughts right here. He says, don't think that this or this or this, because I'm telling you this. And I think it's important what we think, not just what we think about him, but also what we think about ourselves, what we think about others. What do we think when you hear something from a certain group? Is, I mean, sometimes you're, you might hear something from a different camp. Let's just say they're intentionally opposing you. Do we still think of those people as precious sons and daughters of the Most High? Are we in a spiritual battle? I think, I think it's every day. But 
do we address who we're in battle with, right? Go back to Scripture. We're not, we're not, the battle is not with flesh and blood. It's not with that person. It's with the spiritual realm. It says, I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust already commits adultery with her in his heart. Again, he starts off, he's saying, I want to talk about your thoughts. And then later he's saying, I want to talk about what's in your heart. These are the things that I think we get the privilege, the privilege, excuse me, to spend time with him and say, Lord, these are the thoughts that I had today, or this is how I think about that. What do you think about that? This is what's in my heart. And I'm telling you, there's times I can remember where I, I've went to the Lord. I, I like to reflect beginning of the day and the end of the day about things that come up and you know, just kind of have the internal dialogue with him. Hey, Lord, remember this? Remember that? And then he reminds you of things. You remember this? Remember that? And I remember this one time. I was kind of bringing him something where, I, I don't know how else to say it. I was almost like looking for a good job, like a, like a that a boy from him, like, you know, good work. <laughs> pat on the back. A pat on the back. Thank you. And I remember bringing it to him. It was just so clear. He, it was like, he said, Yes, what you ended up doing there was very good, but I want to address the few seconds that went, that you had the thoughts of what you could have done. I, he said, that's the, time, that's the thing I want to work on you right now, is that moment of time before you ended up doing the right thing, what did you think about? And it was just this conviction of, whoa, you're, I, you're right. That was definitely in my heart, and I don't want it there. Yeah, and I think it's so important we need to continually bathe ourselves and digest daily sacred scripture because you said it perfectly, you know, we look at people, do we see every human being, all 8 billion, were created by God, formed in his image and likeness in the womb of their mother because Satan can't create anything. God is the one that created the soul and knitted it to the body in the in the womb of their mother. So every human being, all eight billion, are a precious son and daughter of the Father. We're called to see them in that light. And Jesus tells us that in, in the story of Peter, where Peter says, you're the Christ, to whom shall we turn? And God says, and, and Jesus said to him, you know, Peter, you didn't reveal that to yourself. My father revealed that to you. He said, you are Petra the rock. I'm going to build my church on you. Woo! Peter's like love and life. He's jumping up and down. I'm the man. <laughs> and the very next sentence, he thinks he's going to step up above Jesus and say, hey, that's not going to happen to you, Lord. Right. But notice what Jesus says. He doesn't say, get behind me, Peter. He says, get behind me, Satan, because he realized that Satan whispered in Peter's ear, Peter took the bait and took what he thought was authority right. to protect Jesus. And Jesus is like, now, yeah. Satan, I'm commanding you get behind me because you're using my son right. and I'm going to stop it here and now. So it's so important to distinguish those two. Like I think of a real sad situation that's happening right now with Madonna and her mockery of the Catholic faith is, and the mockery of Mother Mary is, is absolutely horrendous. We've got to be careful. Because this scripture, again, challenges us to not call her, you fool, Rakwa, to not attack the eight-year-old little girl before the world damaged her, but to pray for Madonna for the salvation of her soul. Satan has gotten a hold of her in a most heinous and ugly way. But we are not called to judge and condemn the little child that's still in there, the little seed of faith. So as Christians, we're called to stop, drop, and pray, to fast for her, that the grace gets poured out on her, that she can repent of her sins and come to know the Lord. That 
that journey of growth <laughs> is really difficult at times because, man, we want to judge. I mean, what she's doing is absolutely horrific, especially for a Catholic, uh, in the mockery of, our, of the beauty of our faith, the passion of the Christ. But you know what? That's of Satan. It's bait. I mean, to pray for the little girl. She's there. Pray for her salvation of her soul. And then challenge Satan to be cast free yeah. from her. Yeah, it's yeah. so good. And, and this also challenges us to just live a life of telling the truth. Like live a life of let your yes be a yes, your no be a no. Did you say you would do something? Then do it. Did you say you wouldn't do something? Then don't do it. And, and it sounds easy, but it's not easy all the time. Because when you actually get to the moment, you know, I, I'm thinking of... Last night, our, our daughter, she didn't want to read. We, we asked him to read for 10 minutes a day. Um, and she said, tomorrow I'll read for 20. And I remember I, I just looked over my wife and I said, it's difficult enough for her to have to read for 10. We, we can't set her up for failure for 20 minutes tomorrow. And she said, yeah, but this could be something where if she says she's going to do it, let's give her a chance. And then, you know, we could use this as a learning block and... In the future, if she wants to do this, we can say, hey, that worked well, or what we're guessing is it might not work well, and you know, we can use this as a learning lesson. I think it's so important with kids, and again, just the life I live, our kids, are, we have three kids, they're nine and under, and it is critically important with them in particular for our yes to be a yes, our no to be a no, not to give in when they whine and cry, not to give in when we, we think that uh, maybe, you know, uh, it, it would just be easier to not have to put up with a situation to just give in. But we, we know those friends, and we want to be those people in other people's lives where you know what you're getting is the truth. Maybe you don't always like hearing the truth, but you have to have those people in your life where you can go to and say, Hey, here's a situation. I need to hear from you. Was I a bonehead? Was I was I a knucklehead in this, or was I accurate? And you want that. You want the truth because the truth, the idea of knowing the truth and the truth setting you free. I, I think it's so important. And think about it too. Like when you do tell a lie, or or you are part of an untruth. Like, is that you, or is that like buying into this whisper in your ear? It like. If you spend some time with it, it's not you. It, it might be this piece of you that tries to please everybody else, but like it's not, it's not really who you are. So just, it, it's a daily thing. I don't think we can spend much time on looking at yesterday, and I think it's almost, uh, you can waste time looking at tomorrow, but today, the situations that you're going to be in today is your yes going to be a yes? Is your no going to be a no? Are you going to walk out of there and know that you didn't try to manipulate or twist anything in your favor by anybody's sight? I, th I think it's an important thing. Yeah, and a, and a maybe is a lukewarm response. And then Jesus says in the book of Revelations, you know, either be hot or cold, yes or no. Because if you're <laughs> lukewarm, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. So that yeah. maybe... Is not a is not a responsive love. It doesn't work. If my it doesn't. Kid, if my kids say, "Hey, can we get ice cream after dinner?" and you say, "Maybe," to how's them, that work? Trust me, no right. is not an option. And here's the other key thing: as we, as you were sharing, the verse in here says, "You shall not commit adultery." But I say to you, everyone who looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. 
And here's the distinguishing difference. So we see a beautiful woman or you see a handsome man, whatever, it doesn't matter, and you have a thought. Then it's not a pure thought. Is that a sin? No. That would be a temptation. So what Scripture tells you to do is take captive every thought. You've got to take captive that thought. That was bait in the water. That was the enemy. It's not a sin yet unless you decide to run the motion picture. And you decide to use that thought and then do what? Take it into your heart. Mm. Because this adultery occurs in the heart, not the head, in the heart. Wow. Because it, what that does then is once you take it into the heart, what's supposed to be a wellspring of living water that flows out of you, that gives life to others, words of confirmation, words of affirmation, that's, that's living water, gets toxics toxins put into it through this adultery, and all of a sudden there's that sulfur taste and smell, which is of the enemy, not a good thing. So again, to get an impure thought is not adultery. You need to take captive that thought and then stop, drop, and pray. Because if you don't, and you start to play, run the motion picture, you now are digesting that from your head to your heart. And once you've done that, it is extremely difficult to stop it, to get out of it. Now, now you start hating yourself. Now that you know the, the enemy first was enticing you, now he's beating you up. So for me, the scripture tells us, take captive every thought. And the greatest gift you can give to those people that were in the images that came into your mind or that person you saw on the street is prayer. Yep. So that's an act of love. So be an active participant in God's plan, which is take captive the thought, offer the prayer. Wow, it's so good. And you just think of it as, yeah, that battleground, if those thoughts are coming to you from, an, let's just say, an outside source or the enemy, and your immediate reaction or your consistent reaction is to stop, drop, and pray, it, it's a good way to end that battle. Uh, he doesn't want you praying for those people. And if you can consistently just remember, hey, these people are coming to mind because they need my prayers. You know, I, I, I want uh, freedom for them. I want the best life possible for them. Um, yeah, I, th I think it's a healing place. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump into the middle here. Therefore, if you bring your gifts to the altar and there recall that, that your brother has anything against you, leave your gift there at the altar Go first, be reconciled with your brother, then come and offer your gift. So kind of interesting, the middle sentence there, and there recall that your brother has anything against you. It doesn't say, and try to recall if you have anything against anybody else. It's saying if you know somebody else has a problem with you, go and reconcile it. Like that, and, and it says brother here, so I think that um, brother would put them in the in the circle of um, uh, just say Christians or or people that would uh, be a part of your community. It wouldn't necessarily be, you know, somebody from a different camp that you have no association with. This would be somebody where, yeah, you would sit down and have a meal with. It would be on that level of intimacy, so to speak. If you know that somebody has a problem with you, go ahead and pause what you're doing at the altar. Go and reconcile that with them. I, I, I think it's kind of fascinating. It's not saying, 
Think of the people that you have problems with and go reconcile. It's, it's saying, go to the people that have a problem with you. And I, you think of some of the climates we just went through in the last elections, right? There's there's lockdown things happening and there's uh, political things happening and there's tension anywhere you turn. It's, hey, you don't think this way about this. You don't. We don't agree on that. And this is saying, if you know that there's a brother that has something against you, just go ahead and pause what you're doing at the altar and first go and reconcile with your brother, then come back and offer your gift. So I think it's important to examine those things in our heart. Is there a family member? Is there a close friend? Is it a brother or sister or parent or grandparent? You know that your actions or their actions has caused a division? Ask the Lord, Lord, what is my role in reconciling this? What is my role in bringing us back to the unity that you want for our family? I, I think sometimes it's easier to just say, who are the people that I have a problem with and what is my role? And I think this is calling us to say, who are the people that might have a problem with me? And then what do I need to do to help reconcile that? Well, that's a road less traveled, I think. Yeah. And uh, it is definitely challenging because I definitely have a physical brother and I have other people that have things that they absolutely have against me. Right. Um, I would tell you that I will wait on the Holy Spirit's prompting. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> to cross over that bridge, I need to make sure that my heart, which I believe 100%, I don't carry any unforgiveness. I don't carry any... Uh, no beta Satan that I haven't taken up an offense, pray pray every day for them. I don't think I have anything in my own heart that's an impurity towards the reconciliation piece and would certainly be wide open to that, but I have not got the prompting to go where I'm not welcome. I'm told I'm not welcome. Right. <laughs> and, and try and knock on a door that's not, doesn't want me there. Right. I don't know that that's what, where I'm at today, but I will wait and I will be open to God's prompting. Yep. And like the prodigal son and the father, if that moment comes, um, I would welcome a reconciliation, welcome an embrace, welcome a healing. So I'm, yeah. I'm, it challenges me. I'll take it to the Lord. Yeah. And I'll wait. Wait on the Holy Spirit's guidance. Yeah, that's really good. And, and, and I think what you just shared there is wisdom. Um, I think there are times where it could be something as simple as, um, hey, you didn't show up for dinner last night, and you said you were going to, and you've done this as a pattern for time and time again, and it bothers me, and I've never said anything to you about it. Okay, have those conversations. I think there's different levels of, of things, and yes, wait on the Holy Spirit, wait on the Lord. He has... He has a grace. When he gives you a prompting to move forward with a conversation, then there's a grace that comes with that. When he's speaking to your heart, it's because he has aligned some things yep. and his timing, mm -hmm. it's coming together. And those are the times I think uh, where like the Lord is saying, I told you yesterday, I told you this morning, I told you this afternoon, I told you tonight, you're still not listening. And yes, he stays on top of us because he knows that there's a grace for those things in those moments. But to step out of that 
and to just call Woo! everybody who you think. Yeah, so maybe we should we should we should add that to the scripture. I don't think there's wisdom in just calling everybody who you've ever known that has a problem with everything you've ever done. I don't think that that's what this is talking about. But here's a perfect example. So there was a man that worked for me, friends of the family, known him since he was born, and he quit. But not just quit, but there was a radio show that used to play a song, take this job and shove it. Right. And so he called the radio station and had it play just for me and named my company that the Lord had entrusted me with. And that song played and really hurt my heart because I didn't do anything wrong. The man left on his own accord and he's he's bad-mouthing this, this company, which right. I've through the grace of God, found it, and it was dedicated to the Lord, so it, it hurt. But there came a time, I had heard he got a new job at the post office, there came a time where I saw him at Chuck E. Cheese with his kids, and there I was with mine, and the Lord's like, now, go over, say hello, be friendly, and congratulate him on his new job. Wow. And I did that, and he was filled with joy, and we hugged, it was a total God moment of reconciliation that dissolved the, yes. the, that what was between us, that's God's timing. Yes. It wasn't go see him and convince him why he shouldn't have done that right. or fix it then. It yeah. was, but be open. When God gives that window and door opening, go through it. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And I, th I think God's timing, yes, he wants to reconcile things from 20 years ago, from two years ago, from two hours ago. And, and, and maybe the, the language for your brother, maybe that has something to do more, and I don't think I need to add this, I'm not a theologian, but maybe it has that language, because maybe that's somebody who you interact with on a daily basis, and you know you just left the room, and there was some, there was yeah. some troubled yeah. waters that you left there, but you're going to wait for him to reconcile. Yes, and I want to just touch on the, you know, whoever divorces his wife and marries another unless it's unlawful. I thank the Lord for Holy Mother Church, the Catholic Church, because if you've gone through a divorce, experienced divorce, as a friend that's gone through a divorce and they're Catholic, go to Holy Mother Church. Walk out what they have in an annulment understanding to understand was it or was it not a lawful marriage. Put it in Mother Church's hands. Surrender to the will of the Father that, it, that, that the Church will help you walk through this horrible heart-wrenching experience you went through to help you heal. So again, for me, I thank the Lord for Holy Mother Church. I thank the Lord for what she does in this whole annulment process to look at it to help you learn the mistakes you made, whether you were or not able to enter into a covenant. So God bless each and every one of you. God is there for all of us. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, please consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For more information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, and to learn about all of the family of ministries, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, 
is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you've enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider partnering with us by making a tax-deductible donation by visiting stewardshipmission.org or call us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of all of us at Stewardship, a mission of faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him.